0: If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 16, verse 7. How many people brought their Bibles like the real Bible, the, the printed on tree Bible with ink? Hold it nice and high. When we are a Bible-bearing church, amen. How many people got their iPhones and their iPads ready? Bible app out? All right. We're not apparently as technology advanced anymore, but that's all right. John chapter 16, verse 7, we're gonna emphasize something that Jesus was saying. Jesus uh, lived, as you know, on earth for about three and a half years, or 33 and a bit years, give or take, but his ministry is about three and a half years, and he left some pretty um, uh, amazing, unbelievable, life-altering instructions for his disciples, but there's a certain portion of scripture I want to emphasize, just as Jesus is wrapping up his ministry, and he leaves his disciples with these words, and it's a little paradoxical from what they would be thinking. Hence the title, Upside Down Kingdom. But how many people know that God's kingdom is, uh, according to human standards, it's a little backwards. It's not a negative, just so you know. <laughs> if you think of what God's kingdom is, He doesn't measure the same way that humans measure, right? He doesn't judge by appearance. He, he looks at the, the heart. You look at the way He keeps score. It's very different than what, than what we do. And often we can find ourselves in these paradoxes in life. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to read here John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus is saying, I'm reading out of the Amplified, just so you know. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When Jesus has to tell you, I am telling you nothing but the truth, he's basically saying, listen up, everybody. This is pretty important. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it. It is profitable. It's good. It's expedient. It's advantageous. For you that I go away. What? Can you imagine the disciples thinking this? They have spent a life without Jesus. Jesus comes into the world for three and a half years, revolutionizes the world, revolutionizes how they see themselves, the changes of what it means to operate and work with God. They now can have a hope of having a relationship with God. And now Jesus is saying, it's better that I go. Strange statement. It's better that I go because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, a.k.a. Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I do go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and righteousness, upright, uprightness of heart and right standing with God and about judgment, about sin because they just don't believe in me. About righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of the world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sentence already is passed upon him. Jesus is saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you are not able to bear them or take them up or to grasp them right now. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole truth. The full truth. For he will not speak on his own message or on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. This is for you personally. This is what Jesus is saying to the disciples, which by application and extension is available to every single one of us. He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come. There's a little hinting there of, one of the gifts of the Spirit. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of what is mine and he will reveal it to you continually. We're going to stop there. Talk about a paradoxical statement. We look at this upside-down kingdom of, of God. Upside-down kingdom. Why? Because they say statements like, well, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Does that make sense in human standards? doesn't make sense. In order to live, you must die to self. Again, another kind of backwards idea. If you want to receive, it says, give and you shall receive. that makes sense? Normally, give away and you shall receive. This is God's kingdom. His power is made perfect in weakness. So we've got this this system that God is establishing of a little bit of a backwards thinking. If you're thinking in the flesh, if you're thinking about how we humans might naturally want to think, but Jesus goes and adds to this when he's with his disciples after being with them for three and a half years, after they saw him in ministry, not just saw him, they participated in ministry, in the laying on of hands of people, healing, casting out demonic spirits, going and bringing truth, bringing value to people, letting people know that they can have righteousness through Jesus, that they can be right stand, in right standing with God. These disciples were used to a whirlwind of three and a half years. And Jesus goes and says a statement, it is better that I go. If Jesus is saying that to them and talking about Holy Spirit coming, I think it's something that we as Christians in the year 2023 should really listen to that. Before we move on though, would you pray with me? Father, we come before you in Jesus' name and we thank you so much, God, for, for who you are. We thank you for your love and, and the fact that got, you relentlessly pursue us and you always make a way for us, Father, Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. We thank you that you are here, that you are present in each one of us. Root out anything that might serve as a distraction. Help us to throw that aside, any, any uh, things that are going wrong or, or whatever in our life, Father. Help us lay those aside so we can look at you. So we can look at you as, as all that we need, Father, as, as our advocate, as the one that loves us. And we thank you, the Holy Spirit, you're going to bring revelation to us this morning as we enter your word. We want to know you better, Father. And we also, at the same time, as a church and as a community, we lift up our nation of Canada. We thank you that it's an honor and a privilege to live in this country, Father. And right now we lift up every single leader that is in our country, whether federal or provincial or or whatever it might be, Father. We just lift them up and we thank you, the Holy Spirit. You are there providing truth, providing wisdom, providing answers, Father, and help them to be receptive and open to leading and guiding and lead our country into this the, into the statutes that your word has for them to lead, Father, and if there are those that aren't receptive or do not want to do what you have for them to do or what your word says for our country should be, Father, we thank that you're raising up leaders to take their place, leaders after your own heart, leaders that have freedom on their minds and liberty and, and, and uplifting the citizens of this country so that we can continue to be a light to this world, Father. We lift up Canada and we trust you with our nation. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone in agreement said, amen and amen and amen. Praise God. So I closed last service with my first point. <laughs> we're going we're to get off on the right foot today and start today's service with the, the first point. You guys good with that? And then we're going to kind of flesh it out just a little bit. Number one, I believe that life with Holy Spirit is absolutely crucial. And if you are not living, like, like abiding, actively working with Holy Spirit, you are leaving Holy Spirit on the sidelines. Point one, we're going to dive into that quite a bit about what Holy Spirit is. I believe that the Word of God, and diving into the Word of God, abiding in the Word of God, and living and communing and actively, relationally being with Holy Spirit, they work hand in hand, is that one without the other is uh, you're not utilizing the full potential of what you've got. If you're trying to be led by Holy Spirit, but you're leaving God's Word on the sideline, you're not equipping your heart, you're not programming your belief systems, you're not adding ammunition to what's in your heart from the Word of God, Holy Spirit doesn't have much to work with. But if you're reading the Scripture and diving into God's Word and and trying to do that, but you're not, as it says in Corinthians, earnestly desiring, building relationship, creating, here's a word, creating margin in your life that build relationship with Holy Spirit, is that then we're missing out on Holy Spirit leading and guiding us for what the Word of God is telling us. We looked at what Jesus said. Jesus made a statement saying, it is better that I go. And Holy Spirit comes. If I gave you the option, What would you rather have right now? Would you want Jesus in the flesh, beside you, walking in your life, right beside you the whole time, or would you choose Holy Spirit? It's funny how it's a weird question, if you think of it, because I think our natural thing is, well, of course I want to choose Jesus. But evidently, Jesus is telling us, it's better for you that I go and you have Holy Spirit. Jesus so much he said this if you look in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descended is that Jesus left them with an instruction to these are his boys right his disciples these guys got an instruction saying don't do anything when i leave don't do anything just go in that upper room this is my david's paraphrase version david's international version of the scripture here go into that room and just hang out don't even think about leaving Stay there until Holy Spirit comes. What an interesting statement. You think if anybody had the right to continue on in ministry as they've been doing for three and a half years, it would be the disciples. You would think that when Jesus ascended, the disciples would instantaneously be thrown out into their mission to continue what Jesus said. But evidently, Jesus told them, don't even think about going forward. You wait until Holy Spirit comes to empower you, to lift you up, to quicken you, to bring you these, we'll get into this in a moment, these gifts of the Spirit that are available to every single believer because if the disciples were trying to do this on their own strength, without Jesus, and without Holy Spirit, is that they would have utterly failed. They failed with Jesus there at different times, and they were learning and growing, but Jesus came to set up a new age of Holy Spirit. That was the plan, so that when Jesus ascended, See, the devil, the enemy, was worried about Jesus when Jesus was here. After Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came, and if you gave your life to Jesus, you have Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. It says in God's Word, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that dead body that had no right to live, that was broken and maimed, that body that had no right to live, that Spirit that raised up that body, it lives in you as Christians. So Jesus came to set up this new age of of Holy Spirit living and abiding. So now that there are millions upon millions, I'll say even billions, of little Jesuses walking around with the same power and authority that Jesus walked around. So if I ask you again, if you had to choose, the thing is, Jesus or Holy Spirit, of course you want Jesus and salvation, but the thing is, we have Holy Spirit at our disposal. He is there on the inside of you waiting to be released, waiting to be activated, and I'll even say waiting to be engaged. It's an interesting word because Holy Spirit doesn't just come upon us like a superpower and takes control of what we do, but He is there, as Jesus said, the helper, the advocate. All of these different attributes... Leading you into all truth, Holy Spirit is there. So, all of that to say is that I believe that we have got so many Christians who are not engaging with Holy Spirit. You are living life on your own strength, on your own intellect, on your own decision making, on your own emotions, which some of you have done pretty well. But I can tell you, if you ask everyone, we've been ups and downs in their life, and, and there will be ups and downs. But the difference with Holy Spirit is that when you strive on your own accord and your own strength and you come to the end and when you're doing your own thing, you'll feel like you've, you've hit this wall over and over again. Maybe you feel like you've hit a wall with your kids or in your relationship, your marriage. Maybe you feel like you've hit a wall and you don't know how to go forward. Maybe with your business, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, Holy Spirit is there to pick up where you ultimately are going to fail on your own. Holy Spirit is there to lead you, to guide you, to bring wisdom to you, to bring knowledge to you, to bring the ability to bring healing to people and your kids and yourself, to work in miracles, to prophesy, to speak in tongues, to interpret in tongues, to discern spirits. All of these gifts of the Spirit are yours as a weapon to be able to use to live a life that brings glory to God. But so many Christians, I feel, are not engaging Holy Spirit. So if you're tired of hitting walls, we've got a couple solutions for you today, and His name is Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is crucial, and if you are not living a life with Holy Spirit, if you're not earnestly desiring Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, then you are living with Holy Spirit on the sidelines. You're not living what Jesus said is the best way for you to live. Philippians 1 verse 19, if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians 1 verse 19. I'm going to read in the King James Version, and Paul is writing this statement, and I don't normally like to take just one verse, I love reading verses in context to find out what's going on, but for a point I'm trying to make, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. Paul's actually, at this point, in prison, which is an interesting what position to be writing and encouraging other people. And he has this one statement, and you can read the rest of Philippians to kind of get the full context, but he makes this statement saying, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, so the people that are praying for him, but then he says, and the supply of the Spirit of Christ Jesus. So Paul is emphasizing that there is this spirit, this Holy Spirit that's empowering him, is that it's working for his salvation. It's working for his good. It's working to help him in the situation that he is in. But I started to dive into what these words actually mean. If you dive into the word supply in this English version, so then what's the Greek version? Because the New Testament's written in the Greek. Well, the Greek version is epikorgio. I don't know if I said that right. Any Greeks in the house? You can tell me after. And what that means was, that one word, what it means is, on behalf of the choir. Does that mean anything to anybody? It didn't mean anything to me. (laughs) Like, what the heck does that mean, on behalf of the choir? It makes no sense with the word supply. But the thing is, when the writers are writing the Word of God, and they're inspired by Holy Spirit, is that oftentimes you have to understand the context and what's happening in the world And and Paul wrote a statement using a word that the people would have understood the context and the meaning. Be like the same thing of me saying to you guys, did you know that Jesus is the goat? How many people know what I mean? The greatest of all time, right? I'm not calling him a goat. But if someone read this transcript 500 years from now, they'd be like, why is David calling Jesus a goat? Well, they weren't in the context of our culture to know what was actually going on. So this helps bring revel- reason I'm going here. This helps bring revelation and truth to what the writer is trying to get across to his people. The word supply, Epikourgio, means on behalf of the choir. And the story behind this, really quickly, is that there was this choral ensemble back in ancient Greek that was practicing and working and investing for months and months to take the biggest choral ensemble on the road. They put everything they had into this this show, this program. But about four months in, they ran out of money. The show utterly stopped because they didn't foresee how expensive it would be. They had no more resources. They got to the end of their rope. Their strength was gone, their money was gone. The show was canceled. But the moment that they realized, and they had no more, no more where to turn, no more hope, is that there is this generous benefactor that stepped in and made an overwhelming, huge donation to the choir, a monetary donation that not only covered their expenses so the show could go on, it covered all of their expenses leading up to where they were at. And not only that, it covered every single expense they had going forward and, not, and the fact that they actually did not know how to spend all the money that they had received. So when Paul is using this word, Epikorgio, saying the spirit of Jesus Christ will supply, these people understood and got this image of this overwhelming abundance in time of need. This overwhelming donation that helps me continue on where I failed on my own strength. So Paul is emphasizing here that Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that's in Jesus, is there in supplying His needs. That same Spirit in your life is that whatever you might be hitting the end of your rope, as I said, you might hit brick walls in different areas. Well, the Holy Spirit's job amongst all these nine gifts, and we'll get into that, but amongst that is to supply... You with what you need to continue on, to move forward, to experience breakthrough, to see these things come to life. If you need a gift of knowledge in a moment, well, Holy Spirit is there to supply that. And I I think oftentimes you, you would hear Pastor Leon talk about the inner man, talk about the Spirit of God, talk about Holy Spirit coming alongside you to empower you, to lift you up. And I think too often, Holy Spirit is left on the sidelines. And when you leave Holy Spirit on the sidelines, you are left to your own strength, your own knowledge, your own wisdom. And at one point or another, you're going to find the limits to where you can go. But if, and you're striving to get through life. But if you can partner with Holy Spirit, as I said, create space margin in your life to actually relationally connect have the word of god pouring into your life but leave space quiet time i think too often we like to move from one emotional high to another emotional high to the next big event to the next big event we're always go 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 big 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 meanwhile there's a still quiet voice that is talking and wanting to lead you always sending to you and the question is are you receiving and in the midst and the chaos of life and kids and all the things that you have to do that's vying for your attention, if you're not inhabitating and spending time with God in the still, quiet, resting place in this secret place with God, if you're not getting the familiarness of the voice and the spirit leading you, in the loud, and the quiet, in the loud moments and all the big chaos of life, you're going to have a hard time interpreting that voice trying to lead you. But when you spend time with Him. When you have those intimate moments where it's like, God, just speak to me. Space, not rushing, letting God's word minister to you, talking to the Holy Spirit, is that you're going to start to understand and recognize this voice that is there leading you and guiding you in your life. And if we're not doing that, we're leaving Holy Spirit on the side. Man, I, it says in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12 and, and 14 talks about earnestly desiring the gifts of the Spirit, earnestly desiring this relationship. Now, earnestly desire, I'll give you an example. I earnestly desired my wife in high school. I still earnestly desire my wife now, just for the record. What does that mean? There was action behind that desire. So you might ask, David, how do I earnestly desire? Well, I can't tell you how. It's, you either just earnestly desire it or you don't earnestly desire it just like you earnestly desire someone or you don't. And I believe that the more you get to know and you spend time and margin, with Holy, create margin and space, is that you begin to lean in and say, God, I want to experience these gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want them operating in my life. It doesn't say there's some magic formula. It talks about pressing in and diving in. Earnestly pursuing the action to, to, to have that in your life. You look at these gifts of the Spirit. It's amazing when you look at these gifts of the Spirit and what they can do for you. And there's, I'm not even sure, we're not even, we're way off track again in second service. I've failed miserably on keeping online here. But Holy Spirit is there to empower you in your life. Jesus said it's better for you to be with Holy Spirit. We need to listen up to that. Christians in 2023, that message from 2,000 years ago is just as relevant now as it was back then. If you're trying to do life on your own without Holy Spirit, Jesus is yelling at you, stay in the room. <laughs> don't do anything. <laughs> I, <laughs> Holy Spirit is there. It, it's a supernatural thing, if you're honest with yourself. It doesn't make sense in the natural. If, if you're hearing this for the first time and maybe you don't even have a faith in God, well, We'll talk about that at the end of the service. But it might not make sense to you if you're thinking in the natural, because it's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing that Jesus left Holy Spirit here to us. I want to operate in every single... I believe that every single gift of the Holy Spirit is available to me. Not because I'm on the stage. It's because I put my faith in Jesus. And I believe that Holy Spirit... The gifts are available to every single believer for the purposes of edifying the body, building up the body of Christ, helping those... All of these reasons, it is there for you. I want the gift of knowledge operating in my life. Maybe you're a parent and maybe you've got a son or a daughter that's struggling with something and they don't want to talk to you about it. You know something's up, but you don't know what it is. Well, I believe... Holy Spirit is there to be able to drop an umption or something on your spirit or your mind that's leading you and guiding you so you say the right thing at the right time that helps your child open up to you. And now you can lead and direct them down the path that they should go. That's the gifts of the Spirit in operation in everyday life. How many people want to operate with the gift of wisdom? Is that you might not know where to go. I got decision A, I got decision B. On my own strength, I might as well flip a coin. And see what happens. But Holy Spirit, again, it's kind of cheating in human terms. <laughs> but when Holy Spirit is there with you, is that he gives you, you might have this, like, I'm going to choose A, but then all of a sudden you feel like something's tugging on the back of your shirt saying, don't go that way. You don't know how to explain it. Someone asks you, you, said, why aren't you going? I just don't know. I've got a feeling. I shouldn't. But when you spend time with Holy Spirit, when you spend time in the Word, you start to recognize his voice. You start to recognize this pull. Don't go that way. So for some reason you go this way, that's the gift of wisdom, in operation in your life. Man, there's still to this day, no other man I knew that operated better in the gift of wisdom than Pastor Leon. I I got a a funny story for you, let's give Pastor Leon a round of applause. Just unbelievable seeing the, the wisdom that operated, that was not natural wisdom. It was supernatural, listening to the voice of Holy Spirit, even when other voices that are natural were telling him different things. In February of 2020, just before COVID shut down the world, I remember being in a meeting with several of of Leon's, call them advisors, or friends, or confidants, or whatever it is, talking about, what do we do if everything gets shut down? And he threw out the idea, drive in church. I remember thinking, stupid idea, (laughs) be honest with you, I vocalized it, not that bluntly and that rudely, but when I think of driving, I think like an old decrepit screen in a broken down town that's half folded, like who goes to drive-ins anymore? No one goes to drive-ins. I think majority of the people in the room were saying, no, it's not going to work. But Leon, Pastor Leon, trusted with this voice of wisdom that was speaking to him saying, go, do this thing. And if you look at what happened from that, what seemingly at the time was a small decision, If you look at the ripple effect that's happened since then, why? Because Holy Spirit led him, and he knew the voice, and he felt convicted about it, and he walked that out, is that Springs Church in that moment and continue on to this day became an even greater light to our nation. Not only that, is that people were attracted to church in a time of fear because they felt like this property brought them hope is that we had more and more people added since that day. Why? Because it has not only just been a place of attraction, but it actually has lifted up and empowered other people to be courageous, to speak up, to trust Holy Spirit, to stand up for what the Word of God says and what you believe. This is what life with Holy Spirit can be like, is that it might not seem like a big deal in the moment, but the ripple effects that happen when you trust Holy Spirit with where you're going are beyond anything that you could ever imagine. I want to operate in the gifts of healing. We've seen that so much in our church, the laying on of hands and people getting miraculously healed or people recovering over time. If something happens to my boy that's outside of my control, I want to trust and know and I believe that when I put my hand on my son is that he's going to be healed. Not because of David's power, but because of the power that Jesus made available to me that I'm accessing with Holy Spirit. This is, this is the life of a believer. Again, we're going way off here, but some people might ask the question, well, David, I don't don't speak in tongues. Well, guess what? Speaking in tongues is a gift of the Spirit. Keep earnestly desiring it. Keep pressing in. It's not some magical moment of the right man that has to put his hand on you. No, it's you leaning in. We will pray and we baptize in the Spirit and we do all that, but it comes down to this earnestly desiring, just like you earnestly desire to operate in knowledge or wisdom or prophecy or whatever it might be earnestly desire to speak in tongues and step that out, and you will see God meet you where you're at. Same thing. Summarize all these nine gifts, but if you earnestly desire relationship with Holy Spirit, that means you'll have action in terms of trying to get to know Him. Reading God's Word, learning Holy Spirit's voice. Might speak to you a little different than He does to me, but the point is, if you're not operating with Holy Spirit you are leaving Holy Spirit on the sidelines. It is a gift, it is a weapon, it is a force that we have that allows us not just to live lives because we want to live good lives, but to bring glory to God. It's to bring back and to restore and help God restore and show what life was originally intended to be like with God at the helm. Because God designed it that way Free will screwed all of that up because we chose to leave God behind because we thought, maybe like a lot of us Christians do, I can do it better on my own. But then God sent the restoration plan and Jesus, Jesus made way for the age of the church and Holy Spirit to be able to come and operate to get back to just how God designed us to live. So again, it's not a super deep message, but it's a vital one for your life is to engage with Holy Spirit because if On Sunday is the only time you're getting the Word of God. If Sunday is the only time you're getting inspired to think about Holy Spirit, well, guess what? You are not engaging and desiring and leaning in to build that. I can't give that to you. See, the reason why the curtain was torn when Jesus died on the cross is so that you can have direct access to God. Not through a priest, not through a pastor, not through anything like that. You've got that direct access. So lean in desire to operate with Holy Spirit, desire to work with Holy Spirit, and you will see your life absolutely transform when you lean in to Holy Spirit. Just trying to decide how we're going to wrap this up, because you guys got the same point first service did. (laughs) It's funny, the opposite, I talked about paradox at the beginning, the opposite of that point, I believe that life with Holy Spirit is crucial, the paradox of that, I would even say the natural way to think as humans is, well, pride. I can do this on my own. Look, look what I achieved. Look at my strength. Look what my knowledge did in raising up this company. And look how good I raised my kids. Look how good I can do things. See, that's the human way. Elevate self. Look at me. I'm talented. I've got skills. But God's way is saying, stop trying to do it on your own. I'm here to help you stride with me in life. Not strive on your own, but if you partner with Holy Spirit, it's my power, it's God that is helping you through. And instead of elevating ourselves when you're walking in that path, we now elevate and glorify God. Because we can't help but glorify Him because we see Him working through us and it blows our mind because it's beyond anything I could do. On my own. If we want to see Canada know Jesus, if you want to see your community, whatever that might be, in in work or wherever you live, if you want to see people know and and start to be curious about who Jesus is through your life, learn to operate with Holy Spirit. Learn to cooperate with Him. You might be cutting your grass and might see your neighbor across the street and something drops on your heart and it might not make any sense to you. But if you start to lean into that and trust that, do it the right way, don't be a weirdo about it, but engage and trust, step out, earnestly desire, and if you start to do that, maybe you start to talk to your neighbor and you find a way to navigate it and all of a sudden something you say hits the nail on the head and opens up an opportunity, all of a sudden you're like, wow, that actually worked. <laughs> and you start to know the voice. And Holy Spirit and God sees you acting and earnestly desiring and pressing in. And then they start to trust you more to be able to operate and be used on the everyday life. If you start to engage Holy Spirit, I want to let you know that there's no more convenient Christianity, okay? There's no more consumer Christianity. What can I see and what can I get? It's actually going to inconvenience the crap out of you. Okay? Just so you know. If you don't like that idea, you might as well get up because that's what Jesus said. Is that when you engage and you let Jesus lead you as a disciple in what you're called to and empowered to do, if you lean into that, is that not only it's going to inconvenience you, but it's going to lead you into a life that you could have never, ever imagined. A life where you're walking, talking with God. We've we got to close down, but I think the last thing I just want to emphasize is just this, this, this quiet... This, you heard the term the secret place in the Bible about going to the secret place with God. It's kind of mysterious and what is that, what is that really? But it's about creating margin in your life for God, for a relationship. About elevating God over every single thing in your life. And I really believe that the key to be able to walking and unlocking Holy Spirit in your life is you not just trying to fit Holy Spirit in, but prioritizing your life around getting to know the word and prioritizing your life around spending time in that quiet place with no distractions. Let your wife or husband know and say, Hun, I'm going to the secret place for 30 minutes. Don't bother me. <laughs> Hold up the kids or whatever arrangement you need. Get away, get the phone away. Pastor Leon would always say if you had th- thoughts come to his mind because the enemy's trying to throw you off, write them down on a piece of paper and get to them later. Spend that time cultivating that relationship. So we're not just all about shout and emotions and fun and Jesus is awesome. No, but you actually experience Holy Spirit in the way that it actually is. It's not showy. It's not all about self. It's not in these ways. It's so that we can edify and elevate and we can bring glory to God in every single area. If you want to see your business succeed, if you want to know how to raise children, if you want to know how to lead a country, if you want to know how to be a great friend, if you want to know how to be an amazing husband, if you want to be a better wife, if you want to be a better artist, whatever it might be, when you partner with Holy Spirit, like actually partner with Holy Spirit, is that your own strength doesn't matter anymore because He's actually going to be glorified and He's going to be made perfect in your weakness. Sounds weird as a man to say, I hate the idea of being weak. But when you learn to press in and you realize, man, my weakness, I'm naturally weak just as a human. I'm weak, but in my weakness, God's going to be glorified. Why? Because his strength is made perfect. His power is made perfect. That's where he shows up. Where I fail, Holy Spirit takes over and takes me further than I could ever take on my own. Life with Holy Spirit is exactly how you want to live. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you just for your word. We thank you, God, that you're going to write this on our heart. Help us. Lead us. Guide us. Bring back to remembrance. Holy Spirit, convict us (laughs) where we need to be. We want to do life with you as opposed to doing it on our own, Father. And we just give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. We thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Would you keep your heads bowed? You can keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for one moment. I want to give an opportunity to all those who do not have a relationship with God. If you've heard me talk about Holy Spirit, and, and you've heard me talk about being in a relationship with God, that Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, lives in you, I mean, you feel like you don't have that. Maybe you walked away from God a while ago, maybe you think God hates you. You have no idea where you're at with God, and you want to establish that relationship with Him. The Bible tells us, which is the absolute truth. We don't trust our emotions. We trust the Word. That when you look at what the Word says, it says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are now saved. Believing in your heart is a choice. We choose to repent, say, God, it's not me, I need you. Repentance means to change direction, to change your ways and follow God's ways. That's a choice. If you choose that today and also you confess with your mouth, which we will pray together as a church in a moment, if that's you you are making a decision, you automatically are part of God's family. And I'm going to count to three in just a moment, and if that's you and you want to have a relationship, I'll ask you to raise your hand. If you're, as well, watching from a different site, there's a leader on stage watching as well, you can raise their hand to them. But if that's you, would you raise your hand in one, two, three? Awesome. Thank you over there. Thank you. Thank you over here. Thank you over there. That's great. If you're online, God knows exactly, thank you over here, thank you over there. God knows exactly what you are thinking and believing. If I don't see your hand, that's okay because God knows what you're deciding. Praise God. Thank you back over there as well and over there. It's great. Would everyone in the church here, please repeat after me as we pray out loud with these people making a decision for Jesus. Dear God, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross For forgiving me of all of my sins and rising again. Today I choose to follow you. And I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone in agreement said amen and amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for all those that made that decision.